Well, I love to start off every service with uh, some corny jokes. Today I got four, and I think about two of the four are pretty good. You decide. If you ever hear me order decaf, I've been kidnapped and I'm trying to signal for help. Okay? <laughs> this is the good one. I, I just saw a guy at Starbucks. He had no smartphone, no tablet, no laptop. He was just sitting there drinking coffee like a psychopath. <laughs> Isn't that weird? What are you doing here? Just enjoying coffee, looking at you. I just saw some idiot leave a water bottle in the Pringles holder on the treadmill at the gym. It's perfect. <laughs> Instead of three wise men, it should have been three wise women. They would have stopped, asked for directions, cleaned the stable, delivered the baby, and made Mary lunch. That's it. That's like a 10% clap. That was your tithing of clapping. <laughs> I know we're supposed to tithe. You got tithe or clap. All right. So today I want to talk about a life of celebration. Uh, as a church, we, uh, we had a lady that used to be a part of this church for years, and we called her the kombucha lady. And I just went to a celebration of life for her the other day. Um, it was truly just a celebration, but this, this lady lived downtown and she brought in uh, kombucha almost every single Sunday, like big gigantic jars of kombucha and bags. And she'd walk from the farmer's market to our old building, which those things are heavy. It's gallons, right? And uh, she's just a little thing. And um, so we had a celebration of life for her and uh, the room was just packed full. It was so good to be at like a celebration of life with everybody there. You know what I mean? It was, it was beautiful. Uh, but it truly was a celebration. I mean, it really was. They did the dance from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> whatever, the time warp or whatever dance. They did that. <laughs> I was like, oh, that wasn't in my script. But, um, but I mean, just like so many stories of the impact that she left and just how many people love her and just her generosity for her community. It was just such a celebration. So I walked out of this and uh, went to my car and just started thinking about life for a little while. Just kind of sat in my car. And um, I turned 40 a couple years ago, so I'm like putting this all together now, you know. Like, what's life about, really? You know, how much time do I have on this earth? What's the impact I want to make? What am I, what am I investing into besides Dogecoin? You know, these are things I was thinking about. Is, <laughs> what is life about? And uh, you might have seen this before because I've used it, but the Bible talks about life being eternal, that when we live on this earth, this is just a portion of your life, guys. It's eternity that you're going to live with God, that you actually will be in heaven, surrounded with angels, and we will be singing holy, holy. But that's not the end of the story either, that God will actually make a brand new earth, and it will be perfect. Everything that you read in Genesis of uh, Adam and Eve enjoying the garden, that we're going to be able to enjoy what God has created 
but it says that God is the king of kings, that we will also rule and reign with God, that you and I have a part in all of that in creating and being a part of what God's inviting us into. And so we get this little portion, what is it, like 72, maybe 74 years on this earth? That's about the average for people, about 70, 74 years. And so this is your life, this, this little red, red part here. This is, this is your life. This is 74 years, maybe 80. If you make it to 100, great job, awesome, good work. But for the most part, you know, a lot of us, this is, this is pretty much it. We have that amount of time to make an investment, to live out like what God has for us. But eternity, it just keeps going. It just keeps going and it just keeps going. It's eternal. And we will live with God for the rest of our life. But the amazing part of that is what you do in that little, little portion at the very beginning actually has a part of your eternal life that we only get this amount of time on this earth. And what we do on this earth that Jesus says that I'm building a house for you, that you're actually making an eternal investment as you invest your life into Christ, as you invest into people, as you serve, as, as you give generously, these are internal investments that it lasts for the rest of eternity. We only have this amount of time. That's it. And so I was just sitting there thinking about, I want to live this amount of time of my life in celebration. I want to live this amount of time in gratitude with what God is doing in my life, who he is. I want to live this amount of time as a son of God. I'm following his plan. I'm living out what God has for me. I just sat there in my car thinking about all this. And I think that's everybody's heart. We want a room full of people at our celebration of life that we've invested into, that we've poured ourselves out into. It's everybody's heart. So today I want to talk about a life of celebration. As we read through Nehemiah 12, you're going to see that they celebrate what God has done. We've been going through the book of Nehemiah as a church, and we're in chapter 12. We're almost finished. Next week, we will finish the book of Nehemiah. Some of you are like, thank you, Jesus, because <laughs> we're going from Nehemiah into Acts, so that'll be like a pretty fun transition. But uh, for some of you, have really been digging this. You know, Nehemiah is a guy who, who is sent by God. God breaks his heart for a city, so he goes back to the city. He rebuilds the wall around Jerusalem. He's the best general contractor ever to walk the earth. Nehemiah, he gets everybody on board. They all participate. And so they finally get the wall established. And once they have the wall there, they, he invites Ezra in. And Ezra reads the Ten Commandments to the, to the people that are going to be in, the, in Jerusalem. And so they all agree, we want to follow God. We are God's people. This is what we're committing to. And so they take this commitment, and then they move back to their hometowns, a lot of them. And so they actually draw straws for who has to live in Jerusalem. We talked about that last week. And so one out of every 10 persons from the villages around go and live in Jerusalem. 
And then there's other people that volunteered. I'll go live there. Because at this time, it's really hard to live in Jerusalem. There's not a whole lot of things going on. It's just finally getting reestablished. So finally, we have people coming back to town. We have the wall established. And what we're going to do is we're going to praise God for the wall being rebuilt and everything that God is doing in our city. That's where we find Nehemiah, Nehemiah 12 today. So we're going to be reading uh, Nehemiah 12, verses 27. We're going to start at 27. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to jump right in. God, we thank you so much for life this morning, that we get to live in your blessing, that uh, huh? you're just so good to us. Yeah. I just thank you for each person that's here this morning. God, just, <laughs> just blown away by, um, um, by your people. Lord, just as we gather together and, and just serve you and, and love you and sing to you, God, uh, would you bring these uh, scriptures alive for each one of us in this room? You know exactly what it is that we need to hear. And so would you speak directly to our hearts this morning? Whatever you want to say to us, God, say it loud and clear. Uh, remove anything that would try to distract us from what it is that you want to say through your word, and um, just bring your word to life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to read uh, verses 27. I'm going to kind of break down each, each verse. I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit here so I don't have to uh, say a bunch of different names. All right. <laughs> do you like honesty or would you rather I hmm. it's challenging at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem the Levites were sought out from where they live and were brought into Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with all the music and cymbals and harps and lyres. So everybody's brought in. We're having the Super Bowl Sunday of dedication. So the walls have been dedicated as they rebuilt them. Each person that had a part in rebuilding the gates dedicated it, but now we're dedicating the whole city, the whole thing. And so we bring in everybody we can find that can kind of sing a tune and, and kind of you know hold a tune, kind of play your harp, Oh, you're pretty good. All right, you're on the team. So then everybody is a part of this dedication of the wall. And it, Nehemiah orchestrates this team, and they practice some songs. I want you to know, like, it, a lot of times when we read the Bible, we're like, oh, yeah, so they just got out there and started banging cymbals around. No, it's beautiful. They practiced, okay? So they, we have, uh, and then we we're going to jump to verse 28. The musicians were also brought together from the region of, around Jerusalem, from the villages of the Nepothites in Beth Gilgal, in the area of Geba and Asmaveth. For the musicians had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. So all the musicians were brought in. We need a bunch of musicians to be on a team. We're going to have this day of praise, and so we need music. And so one thing that Jacob pointed out in this, because we read this together as a staff on Monday morning, is uh, notice how the musicians had built villages outside of the wall, which is kind of funny, you know, because um, where music is, other musicians come, right? Where there's good music, guess what it attracts? Good music. Think of jam nights, right? 
You know, all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, I play guitar too. And all of a sudden, you got like, you know, 20 or 30 people. So it still applies to today. Have you guys been to Nashville? You know, most of the time, you're the, the guy that's waiting on your table is a phenomenal singer. And like everybody's there because of the music, right? It's the same thing in LA. And think of like Austin, Texas. Austin just exploded simply because of music. And so you still have this in in uh, Nehemiah's time where the musicians just love to gather together. Oh, you like music? Oh, dig, I dig your, yeah, rocking it. This is what was happening. When the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people and the gates and the wall. So the priests and Levites actually tell everybody to take a bath and then... <laughs> They, they purify everybody, they purify themselves, and they also purify the gates and the wall, and then everybody else. So we're all ready for this gigantic Super Bowl Sunday of praise. Everything's getting together. Everybody's ready to do it. We're going to look at, uh, let's see, verse 37. At the fountain gate, they continue directly up the steps of the city of David on the ascent to the wall and passed above the site of David's palace to the water gate on the east. So what's happening here is Nehemiah has actually gathered everybody together and they're going to start at one spot and then they're going to surround the city. It's really cool. So you have, uh, everybody's going up these stairs to the top of the wall and they're all gonna start here and then they're gonna surround the entire city. They're gonna start at one point and then go all the way around the city, right? And so every single part of that, one thing that the Lord just kind of revealed to me was praise. You know, it's all about praising God, right? We're, we're excited about what God's doing. There's praise. But the thing is, is like if you look in Nehemiah 3, there's different gates. Remember, there's different gates. And so you have the fish gate. You have the dung gate. Right? So you got these other gates. They're not all like beautiful gates. You have gates that you're praising God and you're like... Smells like fish. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the dung gate, you know, that's the, it's the stinky gate. And so one thing that I was just uh, envisioning was at those gates, they didn't stop praising God, but they kept praising him. And it's like that in life, isn't it? You know, we praise God in all circumstances at every single gate, whether we're in a stinky part of life or whether we're in a great part of life. In all parts of life, at every single gate, at every opportunity, we're always praising God. Living a life of celebration is praising God even in the dung gates of life. Even when life stinks, even when you wake up on Monday morning, it's like, I hate this job. Praise God, you got a job, right? So this is what they're doing. They're, they're praising God at all the different gates. Verse 38 the second choir proceeded to the opposite direction. I followed them on the top of the wall, together with half the people, past the Tower of Ovens, into the broad wall, into the gate of Ephraim and Jeshna gate, and the fish gate, and the Tower of Hino, and the Tower of the Hundreds, as far as the Sheik gate, at the gate of the guard, they stopped. So they start uh, all together on one side, and Nehemiah's giving us the roadmap. Okay, here's what's going to happen. They're going to go all the way around. They're going to get to the other side. And so just imagine, I just want you to put yourself in this situation, this huge wall. 
And then all these people up there with trumpets and horns and, and, and just shouting praise and just worshiping God for what he had done. The dedication was praise. And so you put yourself in the middle of the city at that time, and it's just this beautiful choir. People just praising God. You got one part of the choir going this way. Ooh, I'm blinded by the light. <laughs> the other choir is going, ooh, 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 ooh. I don't think that's the song they sing. <laughs> it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. <laughs> Nehemiah's down there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Just imagine the joy of the city. Everybody, you're engulfed in praise. You can't get away from it. If you're in the city, you're hearing people praise God. You can't go anywhere. You're stuck in it. Listen what happens. Verse 43. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard from far away. I'm just thinking of the people of Jericho, like, what's happening over there? Oh, no. <laughs> but, but you have everybody is filled with great joy. Praise God. The women and children, the kids aren't like, I want to go home. They're filled with great joy just from praising God. I like to look at three different ways that we can apply this in living a life of celebration. Is the first thing is this: is a life of celebration starts with Thanksgiving. It all started with being thankful. They were so thankful for what God had done. It said that in the very beginning that that the priests brought everybody together. They were thankful. The declaration of the wall was that they were thankful, living out Thanksgiving in their hearts. There were songs of being thankful. And God still does this today. We have plenty of opportunities. Everything that, had, that they had in their life, we have today. They were thankful that God had called them his own again. They were invited back into being God's people. How amazing is that? And we have that opportunity today. And that's enough to be thankful that God has called us sons and daughters of the king. That Jesus has completely paid the way that we can be invited in as sons and daughters of God. That God is not this distant person out there way out in the universe that we don't have any connection to. And yeah, I know the big man upstairs says this and that. No, Jesus is among us. The Holy Spirit resides within us. We have plenty to be thankful. Jesus completely paid the way that we can all be adopted as sons and daughters. And then not only that, but he didn't leave us. He says, I am with you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us in every single situation. We're not on on our own. That's plenty to be thankful about. We're not by ourselves in life. God is with us in every area, even in the dung gates. God is there. 
He is with you. We have plenty to be thankful. All this started with being thankful. A life of celebration also starts with being purified. They were purified. It says that the priests and the Levites purified them. Then he purified themselves. And then they purified the gates and the walls. They purified them. It's really hard to celebrate what God is doing with a hypocritical heart. It's, it's super hard to be <laughs> uh, just, our hearts are so hard and, and uh, where, where God is just like trying to like work something through us. It's hard to celebrate what God's doing with a hypocritical heart. Purification is necessary for celebration. Remember how David says it in the Psalms, in Psalms 24, he says, who may ascend the hill of the, who may ascend the, the hill of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. So not out of a religious duty, I guess I'll celebrate God, I guess it's just kind of what I do but to have a heart that's purified, to say, God, I'm so thankful for what you're doing. And purification comes through thanksgiving. Our hearts can be purified by the blood of Jesus Christ as we're thankful for what Jesus has done for us. There's thanksgiving and purification. So if you asked for a cup of water and then I grabbed one of our coffee cups and then walked down to the Mississippi and scooped out a cup of water, would that be good for you? Would you like that? <laughs> Would you just go, thanks a lot, <laughs> just drink up? We like purified water, don't we? You know, everybody owns a Brita at home. We like purified water, that's why we buy bottled water now. There's a purification that comes, and and so what I see in this is there's thanksgiving, and through thanksgiving, their hearts were purified, and God was praised. God is worshiped. He is adored. But it came through being purified, where we open up our hearts to God, and we say, you know what, purify my heart, clean my hands. Sometimes when we're out in life, we get a little bit messy. Our hearts become a little bit hard. There's some stuff going on. We kind of open up the door for maybe some different sins. So God loves purifi purified hearts. We can simply just say, God, give me clean hands and a pure heart. I just worship you. I was just envisioning that, like offering my worship to God as a cup of Mississippi water. Here you go, God, drink up. God's like, I don't like Mississippi water either. You know, I can't even remember why I made that thing. God, <laughs> funny guy. So it came through purified hearts. Life of celebration is having a heart that's purified. And the third thing is this, is they rejoiced at the end because why? Because God had given them great what? Great joy. Do you remember the word Joy. Joy. 
You remember being five? Not having a care in the world. Joy. God had given them great joy. It's this heart of joy and gratitude. It came from being thankful and it came through being uh, full of praise and purified. And God filled them with joy, even to the point where everyone was filled with joy. Have you ever been around somebody that's joyful? All of a sudden, you start to feel a little bit better about life, right? And that's what happened in the city. They all got around each other. God had filled them with joy, and all of a sudden, like the entire city is filled with joy. The reason is this, is because praise unlocks joy. If you want joy in your life, start praising God for what he's already done, being grateful for what he's already given you, not for what you want, right? Praise is the key that unlocks joy. And joy is different than happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. I really feel happy. Oh, they make me feel so happy. Well, people come and go. Jobs come and go. A lot of things, you know, this really makes me feel happy. Oh, that car really made me feel happy. And then it gets wrecked, right? And so joy is different than happiness because joy is something that is always in our life. It's not circumstantial. It's not something that we um, are in a certain season and now we finally feel happy about it. But joy is something that we can have at all times in life. Praise unlocks joy. Hmm. Could you imagine if downtown Davenport was the city of joy? Like you come down the hill and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> I, I don't know what just happened. I was walking through a lot and then I parked my car and started walking around and now I feel joyful. Who's to say it can't be? Who's to say the church isn't part of that? I was sitting out front here in um, just my car the other day, eating lunch, and I just started realizing, God, you've given me so much to be thankful for. Just so many things down. We are blessed, guys, beyond measure. Just the friendships that are here, the, the relationships, the the building that the Lord opened up to us. We're right across the street from the symphony, and there's music on the side of the building, artwork. And it's just, I never realized that. I'm thinking about life. <laughs> That's like a heart of joy. Just see, what joy does is it starts to reveal kind of some of those blinders that we had over our eyes of what God's already done and what we have to be joyful for. That's what joy does. The whole city was filled with joy as they praised God. So I want to give you a couple of things to be joyful about. Just some random thoughts. Uh, you can go to weddings now. <laughs> That's something to be joyful about. I've done some weddings during the last year, and it's, it's okay. But you get to go to weddings and have fun and like be a part of it. You can be there in person for somebody in a time of need. That's something to be joyful about. You can send your kids off to school. See you later. 
<laughs> oh, I just feel so much joy now. <laughs> what? I didn't know what was the matter with me. It's things to be joyful about. You know what another one is? Is you woke up this morning. You are alive and breathing. God has given you a brand new day today, full of his grace, full of his mercy, full of all the goodness that God is. It's all for your taking. Jesus loves us. Not like superficial, if you do these things, I'm gonna kinda like you, but Jesus just loves you. An intimate love, that's something to be joyful about. A life of celebration starts with being thankful. It starts with having a purified heart, removing some of the stuff that is maybe blocking our praise to God. And lastly, you'll be filled with joy. I just wanna give you a really quick acronym of what the word life is. Just something that you can take home today. Life, L for love. Love people extravagantly. Love life extravagantly. Love every single morning with all of your heart. Embrace each day. Love the day that God created for you. I is for influence. You and I have influence in everybody's life around us. We all have a sphere of influence. People are looking to you to see what Jesus is like and who Jesus is. We have influence. We get to raise kids. We get to do all these things. You have influence. The F is for this, forgive. It's really hard to live a life of celebration when uh, your life is full of unforgiveness, right? So one thing that I realized the other day waking up was every single time that I am breathing, I have an opportunity to forgive. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like a, a, a kind of um, a soft-hearted person, but like I always have opportunities to forgive, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like I forgive a lot because I have to, because I choose not to live in unforgiveness. I choose not to hold on to things more than a day. Okay, two days. You want honesty, right? Life is full of forgiveness. It's too, it's too short to hold on to a bunch of stuff that somebody's done. It's too short. And lastly, is E is for entrust. And trust the people that you've made an influence with around you that they're gonna carry out the awesome things that you're doing. You know, how great is it to have something that you can pass on to people? Life, a life of celebration. God gives us an opportunity to love, to influence, to forgive, and to entrust. Live lives of celebration. It's so good. And out of that, joy comes. The joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. <laughs> I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. 
Eye of the Saul, I know the song, sorry. <laughs> I can sing Blinding Lights again if you'd like. Yes. Okay. Love you guys, and Jesus does too. I just, I just pray that each one of us, you know, whatever you walked in with, he could just leave with joy. Just invite you to, to take hold of it. It's, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that God does. It's a free gift, and each one of us can have it. So leave all your cares, leave all your worries, leave all the things that you brought in the door, and leave here with joy. We're just going to sing one song to go out with. And I just invite you, as you sing this song, to truly be thankful for what God's done, to, to praise him for what he's doing in your life to totally just lift your voice up to the heavens and just say, thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing. And the other thing is this song is very prophetic. It says that open up the doors and let the music play. Let the streets resound with singing. And so as we sing this song in unity together, that's what I see in Jerusalem. Everybody join together in unity. As we sing this song, I just invite you to, to prophesy that over our city that this idea of downtown is joyful, that as people enter, as they get out of their cars, as they, they start living in an apartment, that there's a spirit of joy in downtown Davenport. I just invite you to sing that over our city today with all your heart. So would you stand up with me? I'm gonna go ahead and pray and we're gonna jump into singing. So God, we thank you so much. You are so good to us. Each and every one of us, Lord, we all have opportunities to just to remember the great goodness of, of you in our life and the things that you've done. And so, Lord, I just pray that over every single one of us, um, that we would be just like the book of Nehemiah, just like Nehemiah 12, or there's just this joyous occasion, the Super Bowl Sunday of joy, because you're such a good God to us. And so any areas of our life that have been battling with uh, anything that is not your joy, I just pray that uh, you would just fill us, any of those areas, with, with joy this morning, that each and every single one of us would leave this place filled with the joy of the Lord. The spirit of joy would reside in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in power. Yeah, we just sing to you, Lord. You're so worthy of our praise. You're so good to us. We just sing to you. Just a song of celebration from our lungs, whether it's on key or whether it's not on key, Lord, we, we choose to put our hands together. We choose to raise our hands to the heavens, Lord. We choose to lift our voices up and just sing because you are worthy, God. Not because we even want to, not because, not because we're told to, but because you are worthy, God. In every situation, in every circumstance, you are worthy of praise. And so that's what we do this morning. Let's sing.